You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And we are going to be dealing with the Pesachim Rabbi Yoshev, especially as they are relevant to this week's Parsha, Parsha Shlach here in Chutzlords. Uh One of the things that um, is very prominent in the Parsha is, of course, the trip of the Maraglim, and much is made of the fact that Kolev was able to resist the influence of his compatriots, these other people. And of course, without getting into what the episode of the Avera was and why, what they wanted and what Kolev and Yeshua wanted, we know Chazal say that Kolev went to the Morasa Machpela and he there put himself, his body, onto the uh, the area where the Ovos were buried. And he asked them, he asked Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov to give him the strength to resist. A very beautiful imagery. So this is obviously this idea that the Gemara talks about, Mishnatech and the Kvarim, is something that uh, is done quite often in Eretz Yisrael. It's something that especially in Lag Bomer, we know about going up to Maron. But even other times during the year, to go to the Kvarim of Tzadikim, and specifically, if you are able to, to actually put yourself onto the area that they were lying and to actually put your body onto the ground. So, um, the Rav Yoshev uh, had uh, something very strong to say about that whole thing. Let's take a look. Yeah, so the post can speak about what is the getter of davening on Kivrayovitz. If you look in the Maril, the Maril writes that Beis is a place where tzaddikim are. And because of tzaddikim being there, it becomes Kodesh and Tohar for Tfilah, because it's like a holy place. Now, what the Maril says, if you go to a cemetery, the Maril, the great Ashkenazi uh, Machria, one of the last of the Rishonim, writes that you should not think about the dead themselves but only from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give you rachamim of the schus of the tzaddikim who are buried there, but not that you're davening to the, to, to the people that have passed away. In fact, if you take a look in Yeridea, uh, when the, the Bach, Rabbi Osirkish, writes, also from the Ashkenazim, he says that if people who go to a cemetery or go to a place where people are buried, and seem to daven to those people. Okay, it seems to him that it might be wrong to do that. Meaning, and even though, if you look in the Lashon of the Medrash, by the way, the Lashon of the Medrash is, Kolev talked to Avram Yitzchak He said, Omer lehen avosai bikshu um, so the Medrash itself seems to say you talk to the dead people and you ask them for help. But the Bach says that if you actually speak to them and daven to them, he thinks that's like Derish Mesim. What you should do is, is get inspiration from their lives and who they are, but then daven to the Rabboni Shalom. That's what the Bach says. Um, 
Um, even though, the, again, the Lushan of the Medrash sounds like you're davening straight to them. I have to tell you, and I know I'm looking at who's here, I know m- many of you have lost uh, your family, and, and maybe you've had this close. I know, Moshe, I know you go to the kever of your father, and I go to the Quorum. I hope I'll be able to go. It's been a while since I've gone. I hope I'll be able to go to the Quorum of my, of my parents, my grandparents, and I talk to them. You know, I do talk to them and I am misbowled that they should help me and, and, and intercede for me. But the Bach says that shouldn't be done. Um, and, and Revel Yoshev points out that the Mishaburah says the same thing, that Beis HaKvaris is a place of tzaddikim. It's a, obviously a place that if you daven there, it's a, a strong place to daven. Uh, but the Mishaburah quoting the Maril says you shouldn't daven to the Mason. Um, so, that is the Mishnapura and the Bach. However, Rebel Yashav points out that there are achronim who say that you can daven uh, to the tzaddikim themselves. Well, at least, yes. Isn't it more talking rather than davening, like request? Um, You're not thinking they're the ones giving you it. You're thinking they're davening for you. Okay, so that's sort of what he says here, Sheila. He says that 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 you don't daven to them that they should do it because they don't have the koach, which is the way I daven to my parents. I figure, look, they're closer to God now than I am. So, you know, somehow, whatever you are in that world to come, do something for me, and 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 and, and, and which is what Rebbe Yoshev writes here. He says, You don't daven them to do it, but you ask them, Shiyu Melitse Yoishur Alov. Um and he says, Vakain Kosov Aishul Avrom, a Bisidur Mana Loshan Yesh Tilas Mashavara Mashmaksashim of Vakshme Sanefesh, Shiawat's Tov Badena. So you see from the Prima Godim, if that's who the Aishul Avram is, maybe it's it's Buchacher, who is Achsidisha, you see that it seems to be a machlekis what you should do. Um and, and Rav Yashiv wasn't telling people not to do it. He was just pointing out that it's not so simple when you do daven uh, to going to a cemetery and you daven there. Um, okay, so that is in terms of uh, that Indian that we see from the Parsha. Another thing that you see from the Parsha is something that we talked about last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. We talked about whether uh, the tshuva from Chaim David Alevi if you are able to uh, be mishtate from a chal Shabbos to a minion. And remember what the question there was, a little bit of a, uh, of a uh, complicated question, because it had to do with Kibbut Aim, it had to do with the shul closing. Um, and we mentioned how Rav Chaim David Alevi felt that he had to come up with a heter. And he was very, and he did it in a very measured way. Uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein, of course, had already dealt with this question. And Ramesha Feinstein, basing himself on something in this parsha, was machadesh to allow a machal Shabbos to be part of a minion. Uh, I mentioned last week or two weeks ago when Moshe was asking me about it, that part of the svar was maybe he's not machal Shabbos anymore now that he's in the shul. We talked about that. But Ramesha actually has even a stronger proof from uh, this week's parsha. We know that um, the, the Meraglim said, ki chosak hu mimenu, right? That the uh, the giants and all those negative forces that are in Eretz Yisrael is stronger than him, Imenu. So, what did that mean? 
Amr Bechinim Bar Popla, Dovra Godo Dibra Maraglam Boisishah, Dechsiv Ki Chazaku Mimenu, Al Tikri Ki Chazaku Mimenu, El Mimenu, El Mimenu, meaning not that they, they, they're stronger than us, stronger than him. In other words, what the forces in Israel are stronger than God. God is unable to actually bring us out of there. He can't bring us in there and make us successful. God is incapable of doing this. So Rav Moshe says, what's wrong with the person who's Machal Shabbos? He drives on Shabbos, he cooks on Shabbos. Okay. So what do you say that means? Um, does he think about God? Maybe just, you know, again, he's doing it with the Yavon. These men actually had a, a terrible understanding of God. They were kaif from with HaKadosh Baruch They're Apikursim, Rav Moshe said. They're, they're, they're Mamash Apikursim. They don't think God has power. They believe God can't do it. Rav Moshe says, you're an Apikurus then. And still, the Gemara and Baruch says, how do you know that when we want to say a Dabr Shepikdusha, you want to say Baruch or you want to say, Right? That you want to say Baruch Hu, everyone to answer you, ten people. You need at least ten people. Right? And how do you learn that out from? You learn it out from the Maraglin. And the Gemara and Sanhedrin, Rav Moshe points out, says, how do you know that the Eidah, that you do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, right? That's the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, that it's Kiddush Hashem in front of ten people. We talked about that also in the Tshuva, about what's considered Bepharhesia, but let's talk about the positive today. Not what's Machal Shabbos Bepharhesia, but what is considered a Kiddush Hashem Bepharhesia. What, what's Kiddush Hashem if I ask you where you have to die no matter what? It has to be 10 Jews. Well, how do you know it's 10 Jews? How do you know that's the number? Because it's Nikdashti Betoch B'nai Yisrael. And then we learn out through a, a series of Zerushobos that it has to do with the aid of the Maraglim. So you see that the Maraglim are the source of how you know you need 10 people. So if the Maraglim are called an aid, the Maraglim, those 10 Rishoyim, those kaifrim can be called an aid of Klal Yisrael. And you learn out from them how to do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem and how you do Tavashim Kedusha and how you make a minion. So Rav Moshe says, Machal Shabbos can't be worse. That's Rav Moshe's raya. Um, because the, now, those of you might be familiar that the Yerushalmi, uh, the Midrashim, learn the source for a minion from another case, not from the Maraglim, they weren't out from the brothers of Yosef. Uh, and there's a discussion about that, why the Yerushalmi chooses uh, not like the Bavli. But the point is, it's in the Bavli. And it says, there. Um, I once heard from one of my students a, a nice chidush when I pointed this out to them. And they said, maybe the, what you see from here is those 10 Maraglim, they were Rishoyim. But the reason why the Bavli wants to learn from them is because they changed Klal Yisrael. In other words, from their report, it spread and everybody cried. They were able, through their actions, to do incredible things in terms of transforming. And that's why they represent a, a, a powerful marshal for the power of going to Minyan. If these 10 Jews and who knows, everyone else is because of Corona, maybe they're not from, they're not going, and you have 10 people davening in a shul, this is the power they have. The Miraglum proves the power of 10 uh, committed, concentrated people, and that's why the Bavli learns from the Miraglum to actually give us this positive. 
Okay, that's a nice little drush. A, a student of mine said that. I forgot when I was teaching, maybe I forgot where it was, in the academy or something like that. Someone said, I really thought that was beautiful. Now, however, uh, Rav Moshe says, you see a riot from there, that you can be Machal Shabbos. So, Rav Moshe, Rav Yoshev quoted this Shuvah of Rav Moshe, and he said, still, Rav Yoshev did not feel you should use a Machal Shabbos to count for the minion. And he quoted the Prima Godem, and, and, which is quoted in the Mishnah Vura. Now, they point out in a footnote in this uh, alone that Rav Yoshev, once Rav Ruben Feinstein came to Eretz Yisrael, and Rav Moshe, uh, Rav Yoshev never met Rav Moshe face to face, but they had a, a very strong, you know, uh, respect. And and Rav Yoshev would say, in many cases, there's only one person in the world that can pask in the shayla, and that's Rav Moshe Feinstein. And Rav Yoshev said on a number of occasions that if you would see Rav Moshe, he would make the brocha of Asher Cholok Mechav Mosay Lebaser Vedon, that he was considered. Uh, this in- incredible chacham, and he felt he was chad b'dayre. Anyway, but the point was, so when Rav Yashem got to meet Rav Moshe's son, Rav Ruvain, he should be gesund, uh, he asked Rav Ruvain if Rav Moshe ever acted upon his psak of allowing a machal Shabbos in the east side, or wherever it was that Rav Moshe was going to the minion, did Rav Moshe ever say, with, did you ever see Rav Moshe Davin in a minion and, and tell people, okay, we're going to use this guy, even though they knew he was Machal Shabbos before Hesia. So Rav Ruben says it never happened to Lamaisa in Rav Moshe's life. And in fact, Rav Ruben said that the, that the, the reason why he, Rav Moshe wrote the Psak was because he knew there were people who lived in cities that weren't able to get a minion unless they used people that were Machal Shabbos. And as we saw from Rav Chaim David Alevi, there was this other aspect of Tinuk Shanishpa, which Rav Moshe does not mention. And that's because he knew, otherwise he wouldn't be able to get Minyonim in these towns. But if there are people, Rav Ruvain said, uh, who are obviously in the city and know about Shabbos, they don't want to keep Shabbos, Rav Moshe felt that Rav Moshe might say that uh, you shouldn't use them. I'm not sure about if this is accurate, but uh, I thought it was interesting that the <laughs> Rebel Yoshev was, was quite, uh, uh, you know, he wanted to be Mavar the Sinyan. Um, now, the uh, one of Rebel Yoshev's Talmidim asked him, what's Rav Moshe's Rai again? From the fact that the Gemara says, and Rashi quotes it here in Chumash, that they said, the Baal HaKeli can't take his Kalim out. That's Apikarsis. So, one of Rav Yoshev's Talmidim said, if you look in the Chafetz Chaim Sefer Shmira Saloshon, when he talks about this parsha, he says the Maraglim didn't really think God was powerless. They just thought that in order to do such a nice nigla, to have them beat such an incredible army, they didn't believe that they were worthy. They didn't believe that God would would would, would perform such a miracle. For a Klal Yisro had already been chot and the Chera Ego. That's what they meant. Balabayis, Eino Yochel Ahotzi Kelev Misham. Meaning, when, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu drives out another country, those are the Kelev, those are the vessels God uses. So, and the whole point is, he's, they are vessels, and God is bringing in new vessels that are supposedly better. But 
they thought, the Chafetz Chaim wrote, that we sinned in the ego, we ate Basar Taiva, so therefore we're not going to be able to overcome those nations. So um, even though they knew that God had told them they were going to get Eretz Yisrael, they felt it was only on the Tanai that they would remain Sadiqim. If they were Sadiqim, God would, would push away the other nations and give us their power. And that was what they meant. But not that they actually didn't believe God had the power. So someone asked Rebel Yashiv, and therefore, if that shot is true, then Rav Moshe doesn't have a raya. So Rebel Yashiv answered, he says, Zedrush. <laughs> what the Chobetz Chaim said is a drush. It's not pshat. The pshat is like Rav Moshe, but they were apikorsim, they were kaifrim. And therefore, really, Rav Moshe's proof is an extremely strong proof, and Rebel Yashiv couldn't shlug it up. He was afraid, he didn't want to pass him like Rav Moshe, because you have the Prima Godim and you have the Mishabur, and it is an Eretz Yisrael, which is a different situation, as we saw from the way Ruben Feinstein explained it. But he said, in terms of, of the quality of Rav Moshe's proof, Rav Moshe's proof is stronger. Rav Moshe learns the, the Gemara and the, and, and the Medrash Kepshutai. The Chafetz Chaim is making a drosha. So now, why did the Chafetz Chaim make a drosha? So Rav Yoshev says, you know why? Because the Chafetz Chaim, even though he wrote the Sefer Chafetz Chaim first, the Chafetz Chaim held that, like the Prima Godim, that a Machal Shabbos, you can't be mitzvah dominion. So therefore, the Chafetz Chaim can't hold that they were kaifrim. Because if the Chafetz Chaim held, they were mamish kaifrim in Hashem, they didn't believe Hashem had the power, then he should push away that shita. So the Chafetz Chaim, because he holds like the Prima Godim, Therefore, he comes up with this Jewish interpretation of what the Maraglin meant, but not that he actually, um, not that he actually, by the way, anyway, I thought that was a very, um, that was a very acute uh, chap from Rav Elyoshev. Let's see, we have a couple more minutes here. Um, another uh, halachos that we come out of this parsha, of course, is Tzitzis. This is the parsha of Tzitzis and parsha of Shlach. So, um, Rebel Yoshev was asked about now that uh, so much work was done in Eretz Yisrael to develop the treilis. What should we do about the treilis? Because there's these chokrim who are clear that they found it. And again, I'm not sure what it is exactly, the trunculent, the mollusk that they found it from. Some sort of, they've done a lot of research on it. I, 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 it slips my memory exactly the name of the Chilozon and where they've gotten the dye. But as you know, there are many people, my son Chaim, my son Nechemia, they both wear Tchelis. I'm not sure if the, the people here listening uh, are also, you know, wearing Tchelis or not, but they asked Rabbi Yoshev about it. Um, now, even if it's a suffix, they asked Rabbi Yoshev, Okay, it's no worse than, than something that's Kla'ilan, which means, okay, so it's like you have another, it's like you have a white one. It's like you have a white string. It's not, it's not like you did an Aveira, um, right? Because even if it's not the right color, it's no worse than being white. And possibly it is the Chilazon. And if it is the Chilazon, then Baruch Hashem, you've been able to fulfill the mitzvah of the Torah. Because it's a, let's say it's a suffix. Let's say the scientists are wrong, but they might be right. They, they, didn't, they didn't just make it up out of nowhere. 
So therefore, L'chaira, we should have a mitzvah to go buy it because it's not going to ruin the mitzvah if it's not tchelas. That was the way, uh, that was the way the question was asked Rabbi Yoshev. So he says, look, um, he says, even before the scientists in Eretz Yisrael and the researchers came, there was also uh, a great Rebbe, there was the Redzina Rebbe, also uh, went through this parsha, and he also did his research, and he felt that he found the Chilosa. And he said he's, he's sure it's correct. And he says, and, 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 and he wrote many books to prove it. And he, part of his argument was, you should follow me. Why aren't, why are people, why are people not keeping the mitzvah saseh? Now that was in the mid 19th century, about 1860 or so, uh, Gershon Hanach, a liner, the Radzina Rebbe. And at that time, the Gedolim refused, although the, 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 the Radzina Hasidim were that treilis, most of Claudius Yisrael didn't agree with him. Uh, years passed, and the scientists of today showed that he was totally wrong. But they found something else, which they think is the Chilozo. Okay? And then, years later, a third group, now after, the third uh, researchers came and said that what the second, groups, the, the second group said is wrong. And they know what it is. So, Rav Yoshev says, we already have seen here that there has been people that were certain. Then there's another group that was certain. And now who knows? Now you have a third group. How do you know that uh, uh, this won't be overturned as well? That was one thing Rebel Yoshev said. Second thing was, he says, um, if it's true that this mollusk has been around and it, it, it's been really here, um, and yet Klaugestrol never wore it. So this is a Chiddush he's going to say here. This is a Chiddush of the Beis HaLevi, uh, the Rabbi Yosef Tov Salavechik I. He says, if it's true that this being, this, this mollusk, this smell, whatever it is, this fish or squid, whatever this, this, this sea creature is, was around, and there was a time that it was known, and they, right, do Becholzman, and still nobody used it. So that's like you have a Mesorah that that's not the Trelis. Even if it has all the Simonim, but if we see that our Aviseinu uh, did not use it, that's like a Mesorah that it's not true or that it can't be used. So, that is what the Beis HaLevi said, that you have a Mesorah, the opposite. <laughs> so I gave a Mesorah that this isn't a Trelis. The fact that it was around and they weren't wearing it, it's like you can use the Mesorah. It's in other words, the Radziner felt we forgot what it was. We lost what it was. It's a lost mitzvah. Beis HaLevi is saying that Klal Yisrael and the, and the brainy people of Klal Yisrael who knew about this, it's not that they're never in the dark. If they didn't pursue it, 
that to us is like a Mesorah not to pursue it. And that that's like a Mesorah to the negative, that that's not the Tchelis. That's not what you're supposed to use. Um, that was the base Halevi's Taina. Another one of the great Rebbe's said, um, it was also great Posik, Reb Shila Kutna, um, Yeshua's Yisrael, Yeshua's Malko, says that if you look in the Arizal, the Arizal says there's no Tchelos El Bizman Beis Amikdosh. And that's, and therefore, the Arizal held that if there's no Beis Amikdosh, there's no Tchelos. And we're not sure how to die, he says. We're not sure how to do the dying. He says, um, According to Rashi, in, in, I don't know where the Rashi is, maybe it's in Shabbos. According to Rashi, the, or Menachos, the, the pot where you would put the, the, the tcheles, the, the chilozom material in, you couldn't put any other simon in. It had to be boiled on its own. And the Rambam says that when you actually make the dye, you actually put in the other words. In other words, there's a machlekas, the Rambam and Rashi, how to do the dyeing. So even if we have discovered that these scientists are correct, that this is what you're supposed to do, there's a machlekas between the two great Rishonim, the Rambam and Rashi, how you are supposed to make, how you're supposed to create the dye. And how are we supposed to machriya bizman azeh? Therefore, we can't, uh, of course you can make it each way possibly, and have two pairs, but he says you can't, you can't get involved. That's why it's another reason. Um, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.